0: Hosting, my You wanna you wanna do your uh... yeah?
1: I'll do a little opening thingy. Okay. <laughs> um, Heather, is your, are the window's closed in the other room? Oh, it comes, yeah. it oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I just need to make sure everything's set. So we switch between cameras. Hi everybody. Hello. Uh, What's up, Maya? Hello. Hello. Oh, I love Ben's room. Look oh, at thanks. it. He's got guitars on the wall. <laughs> he looks like yo. You look. Yeah. This, like...
2: this is my studio. It's my music studio.
1: Oh wow. Okay. I didn't know you were into music. That's great. Now.
2: Yeah. 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 Long before stand up. I was uh I I somebody put a guitar in my hands when I was like 11 and I just I kept I've been playing the whole time. But, wow, but I never simple. I never let anybody hear it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um Ben what
3: what part of the country are you in, Ben? Or where are you?
2: I'm in Jersey. I'm in the dirty oh, Jersey. Jersey uh <laughs> Morristown, Jersey. Morristown, Jersey. About 25 miles out of Manhattan.
3: Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. Was, was COVID bad there? Did it like attack
2: attack Jersey where you are? Pretty bad. It did. My the county that I'm in. That's how I see the stats. Like I, I don't know what you guys have been doing, but when I when I have the balls to look at the numbers, I look at uh, the World Health Organization, and so okay. it's broken oh, down by the state, county. county. Uh, yeah. And our the county that I'm in actually has done pretty well. Uh, relative to the other counties in the state for whatever reason I'm not sure I think maybe because they closed the schools earlier like they were they were pretty much right on it here and they were like that's it shut them down
1: which county are you in Morris okay
2: like Morris the cat
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Morris town I guess I'll, uh, I'm gonna my, roll into start. an intro okay okay Hi, hey everybody! Um, you are tuning into uh, my episode, my next episode of My Favorite People, and it's with all of my favorite people. And I'll tell you because I'm I'm living in Los Angeles right now. And um, one, aside from pandemic, that I don't get to see any people. Uh, <laughs> we were let out for two weeks, and I was able to see all the people that I realized weren't my favorite people. And so <laughs> I had the idea <laughs> for the podcast. So. Um, Anyway, um, my name is Maya. If you don't know me, I'm a comedian. Uh, However, a lot of people aren't finding me funny these days uh, because I'm I'm, uh, I'm letting people know that not only am I a mixed race comedian, but I'm Black, which is really throwing off the mixed race group because now the new mixed race people are no longer Black. They're a new group called Mixed Race, um, which has really put my Facebook page in a compromising position because they're saying things like Barack Obama wasn't Black, which has gotten now. I have a race war going on on my page they actually are now comparing me to rachel dolez and this is the key when you're arguing with mixed race people one minute they're going to argue like black people and then the next minute they're going to argue like white people so when they first jumped on they're like you're just too black and don't want to tell anybody you're mixed and now it's turned to you're just white and nobody even believes you're mixed." <laughs> so I'm like okay i got straight blonde hair on the site and nobody's even noticing the picture so, um, after Crazy, uh, I look forward to being able to tune in and talk to people. Uh, Masavia Greer has been helping me produce this show. Masavia, everyone knows this, I consider him oh, yeah. the comedy therapist, not just comedy management, but comedy therapist. Um, Heather McConnell, who is the, um, has been producing all my films with me and every other project. Heather's a writer, producer and tap dancer, phenomenal artist. Um, we also have on here, uh, Pamela Green from my old Uptown Comedy Club days. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Pam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> used to roll with me back in the day at the old Uptown on 125th. We have Mike George in the house. Mike George is a comedian. Hello. Producer, director, just brilliant. Oh, you look like you lost weight this week, Mike. You look good. No, no, I'm just holding it here. Oh, you're just holding you it, go. looking sliver. See, that's <laughs> how you shot me this week, Mike. That's what I look like in the shot. And- Don't blame
3: the camera. Don't blame the camera. It's not the camera, I'm sorry. I wish it was. No, I'm kidding. And
1: then we have Felicia Chappelle, who is now joining us, a lovely actress and activist and a writer. And our special guest joining the group is a, a brilliant comedian. You might know him from Cash Cab. You might have seen him on Comedy Central and so many shows. Uh, we We knew them uh, back in the in the great days of comedy in New York, which I'm sure they're great, but you know when we were really having fun before it became a job. Uh, keep it going. <laughs> for ben Bailey, everyone. welcome Ben Bailey.
2: Ben. Thanks you guys. Thanks All for right. the for the major intro there my. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well I haven't seen you I haven't seen you in so many years and um, it's it's amazing. I keep seeing that they keep they, they're picking up your show. you're constantly on air somewhere.
2: It's yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, we just keep thinking it's dead and it and it's, you know, it just keeps coming back. And we're like, all right, let's I guess we'll keep doing it. I mean, as long as it's fun. Right.
1: Did you create the show?
2: I didn't know. I mean, I, I had a lot to do with what the uh, the current rendition of the show is and, and what it was when we started it in New York as compared because it actually started in England. The like so many TV shows, uh, the first one was in London It was uh, like a Mercedes black cab in London. And it had like a Night Rider voice that asked the questions. The driver didn't actually ask the questions in that version. So when they brought it to New York, we changed some things up. Uh, and for one, they were like, let's find a comedian. And so I, I definitely brought my own thing to it and how the game is played and all. But I didn't. I wish I could say I created the show, although I'd, pr- I'd probably be on a private island or something right now. You would be <laughs> <laughs> he sold the format and like, you know, like 60 countries or something. Are you serious? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, it, somebody somebody made a fortune on Cash Cat. Unfortunately, it wasn't me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Have you kept up your stand up? Are you still doing your um, outside of the pandemic? Are you still doing stand up?
2: I am doing, I've been doing like two weeks before everything shut down here. Uh, I was playing, I, t- I started playing ice hockey again like a f- few years ago, and it's been like one of the greatest things for me at, at this age an old man playing hockey it makes me feel like a kid again but uh i'm sitting around in the locker room and everybody's talking about what they're gonna do when everything shuts down and uh, you know all different kinds of jobs that these guys do and every one of them is like oh, i'm gonna be working from home i'm gonna be working from home and i'm like i'm i find myself sitting there going i i can't work from home <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what the hell am i gonna do so and then i started thinking maybe i can and so i've been doing a live streaming show uh, wednesday night and sunday night live streaming like stand up with no audience uh oh, that's cool man i took some laughs from my last special and i hijacked them and i made a little so have, my girlfriend sits here where i am now <laughs> i'm over there i've got a curtain and everything and it's it's i've been kind of doing stand up twice oh, a that's week that's cool man wow man it's oh my gosh fun. the
1: laugh tracks that sounds great that sounds hilarious
2: some people hate the laugh track. Some people are like, thank God for the laugh track. Some people are like, busted you, you using canned laugh I'm like, I'm doing a <laughs> show in a room by myself. You're not exactly. <laughs> Is that,
1: so that, t- that's
2: all I've been doing.
1: Oh, that's you know, crazy. I, now, I didn't even know. You were just saying that I, I know that you're always fit. So I know that you are as a fitness. Oh, Ben
0: Bailey's a beast,
1: man. He, yeah. So, will you. So you, were, you, were a, you used to train people. You used to train. You're the, a fitness uh uh, expert. Um, uh, yeah, you
0: know, guys rip, man. I yeah. I him. look
1: at it. Look at his face. He looks like he has muscles. Ridiculous. Oh, he look great. Ridiculous. <laughs> I, I put on like, you embarrassing me now. <laughs> I put on tr- a tremendous amount of uh weight with um this pandemic. I've been I it's been a delicious pandemic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um we can't go back to the gym. I'm fighting with half of my friends are saying eat every 3 hours, the other friends are saying you need to uh uh fast half the day like your intermittent fasting. What do you what do you what do you subscribe?
2: Uh I subscribe something that you can stick to whatever whatever it is, make a plot, a little bit of improvement, movement in the right direction, and a, and a schedule for that that you can stick to, because that's the only kind of plan that works, is one that you can actually, you know, that you're not gonna <laughs> bail on it after two days and go, can we swear on this? Is this? Yo, yeah. <laughs> fuck, after fuck two yeah. days, you're not gonna be Please. like, fuck this and just eat <laughs> eat half a no cake.
0: man be yourself brother please okay good have a i drink. just wasn't Everybody's sure i was like where here. is this
2: is this going to be terrestrial or is this <laughs> no uh...
0: <laughs> no man this is a this is a conversation we would have at the boston comedy club
1: yeah oh okay. well, i
2: would like i'd be like we were beer downstairs having a beer <laughs>
0: <laughs> you remember those days right where we sit down till 4 in the morning and sit or just talk comedy shop
2: yeah you know yeah, yeah. i totally do uh, I, re- I remember them often and very fondly. And uh, I, you guys know that I some of you guys I know knew Vic Henley,
0: who mm-hmm. just passed yes. away a few yes, months. Yes, that's, that's yeah.
2: And we were just talking. We just had a big thing, uh, uh, an, uh, a virtual wake, my first virtual wake, hopefully my last. Uh, but it was nice because we were ta- we were talking about him and, and those old times came up where we would sit at we'd we'd all go out and do our shows all night and then when the shows were done there was some place to sit until the sun came up and mm-hmm. you know drink be, drink whatever and just talk about the night and tell stories and everything and it, it was never enough time we'd stay up until it was 6 30 in the morning and it was like this isn't enough we need to yeah I, let, yes, can we keep going incredible. let's just keep doing this like those are the great <laughs> days right i miss those man. days
1: the boston was notorious i even have my cousins from australia they came to the boston once and they were like that was the best night one of the best nights they ever had in the states because we stayed up and by the time we left the sun was up everyone rolled over to around the clock for some breakfast it was like but when you come out of a comedy club and the sun is up then it's just like wow we just sat downstairs (laughs) and ran our mouths for that long
2: (laughs) it could happen every time yeah
1: Well, let's get a little Vic Henley moment. You know, what are some of your fondest memories about Vic? I mean, a lot of people, um, if anybody's tuning in, and they're not sure of his, you know, contributions to comedy, and my my thing I knew about him was always, there are a lot of guys in the comedy circuit that were just really made your life difficult as a female, but he was one person that was always just kind to everybody, and just a gentleman to everybody, and you know, um, I I I've no, you know, that that's my memory of him. But do you have any great uh, Vic Henley memories you want to share?
2: Oh, I I I have way too many. I, we, you know, <laughs> we were we were good friends, and uh, it was devastating to 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 hear of his of his death. You know, and uh, yeah, it was right after things had shut down, and it was just like, oh my god, I got to sit with this for for who knows how long. You know. Yeah no no break but so I've thought through a lot I, what the great thing about Henley was he uh, and a lot of people said something along these lines when we were talking about him is that he always if you were hanging out with Vic he made you feel like there was no one else mm. he just would listen to what he, what you had to say and he would like he he was immediately on your side and in it with you whatever it was you know and and he was an amazing him. storyteller and that's and that's all he wanted to do is tell stories and, and make people laugh so yeah he he was awesome. <laughs> he was a great guy. I'm a, I'm really going to miss him for a long
0: time. Been, been in the circuit though. Let me ask you, who was who was uh who are some of your favorite guys like that
2: you like would say a
0: comics comic?
2: You know. Well, the, David Tell is the name that always comes to mind for yeah. me with that. For sure. Uh I started in LA. I started at the store in LA and I only, I did it for, you know, maybe 6 months there before I would was broke and had to move back. I was like, I move back <laughs> to my parents and do this in New York. Uh, and at that time, everyone in LA was saying, you should be, if you wanna just do stand-up, you should be doing it in New York right now anyway. Wow, I didn't know twer- you were at the
0: store. Yeah, I yeah
2: that's that where I did my first set, was at the store. Wow. I that's always- hard,
1: and then you kept going, cause the store is treacherous.
2: <laughs> it was, br- I, got, I got kinda uh, lucky, I stumbled into it. And, and the store can be rough, man. So yeah. the store can mm-hmm. be a, a weird a weird world if you're kind of by yourself and trying to feel out the comedy scene. You'll just be like, oh my I God. I
0: heard it's, diff- it's a different beast in L.A., right, Maya? I mean, like, as far yeah. as getting on and being able to get stage time. I mean, you,
1: you know, I think the difference really is, and one of the things I'm ex- finally starting to not be scared of the L.A. scene, which I think is a New York comic, you come in and you get overwhelmed with the scene. But you know, and when I first went to the comedy store, Mitzi, I, Mitzi was still in charge there. So you know, I, I you know I was passed by Mitzi, and when Miss, Mitzi held it, she really protected certain comedians. She protected female comedians. She protected black comedians. She protected Mitzi gay was
0: Polly mother? Polly
1: Shore's mother. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're comedians that she kind of really had a level of protection. And then I think a lot of the guys in there now, um, it's it's kind of funny. It's almost like. I can, so it's a huge space, but it's almost like the LA version of a Boston comedy club on some level. Cause you have beast comedians that are funny as can be. And it's completely, when they're up there, it's kind of unruly and it's their click though. Cause like, you know, I couldn't imagine when people, I remember actually when Bill Burr and Patrice came down from Boston to, to the Boston comedy club in New York. And were like, These places, they'd come in and they looked a little wide eyed. (laughs) (laughs) It was so wild, but we were in our space. And I think, um, even though it's a bigger venue, I think that's kind of why I think it leans the way it does as a club. Was a
0: comedy store ever a restaurant as well, or it was just a straight. It's still a restaurant.
1: It's a restaurant. Because
0: Boston was just a liquor
2: spot. (laughs) It used to be a club. Uh, The comedy store used to be. um...
1: It was called Cirque. Spiro or sparrows? Spir- Ciro, yeah like a
2: famous uh, Hollywood dinner nightclub spot for mm-hmm. old Hollywood stars way back when before it became the Really? Party.
1: Yeah, the mobsters cool used to way. run it. I love it. that place, man. Yeah, yeah. the mobsters like a- used to run it, and they used to call the belly room the belly room because that's where they had the illegal abortions upstairs in the back. That's why Mitzi <laughs> called it the belly room. <laughs> Are you Hi, How did Is you that go f- <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That that's, true. Where, that's where I did my it's first show. Not. It was up in the abortion <laughs>
3: room. Really? The abortion room? Never <laughs> heard <laughs> <laughs>
1: That. <laughs> Ask Jeff Husbands. He he knows a lot about the stuff. He worked there for five years, so he knows all the inside. That's really the stories of, of, wow. the, of the club. So yeah. I got a
2: job work working there. That's how I got into stand-up. I got a job answering the phones there. Really? By oh, wow. total chance. I was coming out of an interview at the what what was then the Hyatt next door. Now it has some fancy French name that you can't pronounce. I, can't, I don't even know what it is, but that hotel that's right next door there, I came out of there from a job interview and I just started shooting the shit with some guys. They, I, the guy was like, you have a good voice. You, you, you want to answer phones? You think you can answer the phones? I'm like, sure. So I got a job answering phones at the store for, like, for literally like $2.75 an hour.
1: I, I think they still pay that though. <laughs> the pay raise hasn't gone up.
2: Yeah. And that's how I, that's how I stumbled into stand-up.
4: So you came out to L.A. to act or to
2: to act to get into film film movies movies are what I loved you know they're they're always my escape and I wanted to get into that and I I got sidetracked I literally like three years ago I was like what happened I was going to make movies what the (laughs) fuck happened (laughs) You guys think I'm kidding. I'm not. I really no, we're a all movie. feeling
1: the same way as when I were <laughs> laughing. We all like, that's what we all did. Yeah. Did
3: you want to, was it acting or did you want to direct, write all of it?
2: I want to do all of it. And, uh, and I have, I have been since, Bo- Mo and I were talking about BWAM.
0: BWAM, yeah. I was actually, I had the, to- like he he uh Ben called me one day and said, "Mo, do you want to just be an extra?" And I was like, cool, fuck yeah." And it, Yeah,
2: he,
0: well, you're more you know, than
2: an extra. Man. You're you're one of the bad guys, dude. I
0: know. I love being a bad guy. It was
2: great. <laughs> you just I looked I tried I to didn't... think of who looked right and I and you just fit the, fit the part, man.
0: For that one I didn't tell thing. you about this Maya. I didn't I never told you about. No, that, tell but, me yeah.
1: about it. What so...
0: uh, It was so cool, but Bram is uh, a badly written action man. And so <laughs> it, it it's
5: just a a okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, but wham, it, it's, it's like a <laughs> just a weird concept that I came up with that I just thought it really kind of suited me. So it's uh, it's like the tagline is the world's greatest action hero with the world's worst writer. So and you know, <laughs> oh, okay. you know like like cheesy action flicks the the, the <laughs> hero and has like a clever I, I... quick one-liner. So this is like that, except they're like wordy and awkward, and they don't really make sense. And
5: <laughs> DC he's being plays, clever, uh, but
2: he's just—he's got a terrible writer.
0: <laughs> I forgot DC Benny plays evil. Uh, wait,
2: wait. Benny's the evil villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And so he DC Benny is hysterical because he has a—it's—he uh, it, does his voice. It, it's almost like a pimped-out like.
2: Uh, <laughs> I can't. He did a great job in it. Yeah, he, Dante
0: he's hysterical. Is it, and oh, Vic Dante, Jones. yes. Yeah,
2: how
1: long yeah. was it?
2: It's ten minutes. You know, it's like a. It was meant to be like we'll maybe we'll do a web series. Maybe we'll make you know. Did you, do, is it up
1: something. on? Is it up online? We can share it with.
2: Us. Yeah, it's <laughs> on. It's on, uh, it's on Ben Bailey Comedy as my YouTube channel.
1: Oh, um, that's cool. We'll share it with this. I, I'm looking forward to it because you because you you that sounds like it would be a good casting role for you anyway. You have the kind <laughs> of like superhero, you know. Mike actually did the um, ad campaign for what was it? Deadpool. You were the Deadpool. I
3: did. I did a lot on the Deadpool thing. Oh, nice! Uh, I, I love those
2: movies, man. Those I love Deadpool. Dangerous. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, they're so good. I that's
3: was. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's a. It's funny though, you know. The more you get into the movie business, it takes away a little of the magic of watching movies. You know what I mean? That's the that's <laughs> yeah. the crazy. Thing. Oh yeah. Because anything you get into the business of, it stops being as like, oh, it's my escape. Because I'm with you. That's how I. That's you know, working in movies and stuff, and that's always a dream. And then. When you actually work in the movies, you're like, ah, oh, movies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah Don't make kinda... don't make what you love your job. You know.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it kind of breaks down the the uh, the illusion of it all. But yeah.
3: But well, I all always, the takes I kind of saw had them you. that
2: way anyway. You know. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, it depends on how you're coming at it from, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I felt that way with Stand Up Heather and I were having that discussion because you know she's working, she's tapping, working with some really complicated stuff and I'm like it, it was almost the same thing for me for a long time it, I forgot that you kind of are in this because it's a career you choose and it's fun and um, it, you know sometimes and comedy can get through like it can be such a bad business that I think sometimes you forget to remember that you you really love it but it like oh this is fun this is a fun business I do this because I I really enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> and I like making people laugh, and, and the nights that, like, we really just go out on a limb are the best nights. But it's almost like there, are, there's this other brain, even for me, coming back to stand-up that I had to, like, trigger in and say, no, I like this. Like, this is... this is I, I could have chose any other job, um, right. you know? So, but, Ben, you, you're also a mu- musician, you're, I see, with the guitars you were just saying.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your uh, kind of
0: music, Ben? What, what do you play normally? When i play
2: it. it what ty- i play all kind of all different types of music it's it's always been a little bit of an escape for me too and uh somebody just put a guitar in my hands when i was a kid and i started playing it and i i just Damn, never dude, that's like
0: a hidden secret all this time
2: i was You're doing it some it? of the guys used to like bust my balls and when i like i'd see god i rented a godfrey once on the street and i had a guitar in my hand and he was like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like he busted me <laughs> and my friends like uh, like he and judah some of those guys were like oh you're going to yeah. record some more basement tapes you know my secret music career <laughs> oh, I kind of want to keep dope. it as a hobby for the same reason kind of what we were just talking about like uh, yeah just let it be what it is and 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 not uh, let it be just for the sake of of the creation of it and and not like you know not the stuff that gets in the way when it becomes a job, like uh, right,
3: right. Well, or even
2: when you were,
3: yeah, yeah. When you were saying, "My, maybe you know Ben, you could talk about this too." But when you're saying like the, the business of stand up can get hard, do you mean the touring? Or maybe all of it, the touring, the people being on stage, like, is it all of it can get hard? Or no, so no, mad? no.
1: The thing that's terrible are the, 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 the business people who you have to encounter. <laughs> oh, like,
3: okay, fair it's enough. It's like
1: the management, the representation, the lack of anybody helping you, no one picks up the phone, no one submits you. Why am I not submitting? Like basic stuff. Because, you know, I used to, and I think I, I, I burned a bridge because I had that talk with one of my managers. It's like, okay, now. If I had this amount of time all day and I'm working on my stuff and you have now 90 clients and (laughs) you have chosen to, now how many hours a day? So can you give me five minutes of your 90 clients? Because now you're just picking up like, you know, it's like, look, it's, I'm not part of a roulette table. You know what I mean? If I take every chip on the table, someone's going to land something and that's, um, and you know, you should be saying, well, if you're going to be, working with me that I'd like to know you're spending this amount of time. I mean, and that's not to speak of the people I work with now. Um, but I, I found that it was never the audience. Even when they booed me, it was never the audience. It right. was never, it was, it was um, you know, people sometimes not paying you, sometimes putting you in um, like hotels where you're, you know, if you're on the road. But also um, it's interesting because you have representation so that you don't have to debate people and put yourself on a limb, right? So when I don't like something, I should have a manager that can call and say, hey, she doesn't like this. Now there's this thing where, in my career experience, was managers who were like, I don't wanna complain because I don't wanna look bad. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't pay me and I did the job. Yeah, well, I don't wanna ruin my relationship with that venue, you're like, but they didn't pay me and I didn't do anything. Well, yeah, I don't want to complain though. You know my, you got to stop complaining because you're the complainer. I'm like, no, when you're representing me, your job is to be the one who can debate and show yeah. up and
2: say this was at least, at least make them stick to the terms of the, the contract. <laughs>
1: Oh, I think yeah. the at the very
2: least you might want to do that for your clients.
3: I don't know if that it gains them any respect either. Like, if you're like, uh, I don't even like if you don't pay the client and then like you don't complain as the manager. I don't know. if There's a huge deal of respect for that manager from that well, venue. You, but,
2: well, people do? They're know in business that. with both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Your agent is booking you into venues, and they're how many how many venues are they working with? How many comedians are they working with? Right. Which one Which one holds more weight in the agent's eye? Uh yeah.
1: yeah. That's the
2: problem. Like we're not all in the same business. So like when you're as a comedian going out to do a show and and dealing with an agent or a manager and a club booker you're all in different everybody kind of wants different things out of <laughs> out of the the whole thing of of going out and putting on this show, you know. Right. club owner wants to put people in there who gives a shit who they are as long as we get them in there and they're going to buy drinks, you know. You, you want fans to come and enjoy the show and Mm-hmm. the agent wants to book as many of you and your and like you as possible so it's like everybody just ha- has slightly different goals and it just creates this this gray area that's often you know we we end up getting screwed yeah it's conf- like <laughs> conflicting. well ben, do you yeah. even
0: do you, you even deal with a manager right now or do you do, do you i mean you have a manager now or,
3: or I both? do
2: I have agent a manager now yeah. I have a manager that I really like now that yeah that's,
0: is what was that a hard thing? First to find time, me? yeah. First I was time gonna yeah, say, I
3: don't think I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say that ever. <laughs> but
0: yeah, but he's I like a great my guy. people. I like who I'm who's Felicia. Working. Do I've you met- have a manager that you're working
6: with? I work with an amazing creative director. I think I think you might know Will Walker is fantastic. He's a bear, he's a beast, and he's my creative director, and he does a lot. Um, he's does a he do, monster does he handle and he's all my your
0: bookings mom. and all your stuff, like your bookings, your You know, we we
6: collaborate and he's he's, um, multiple tiers above me in terms of overview and he's very much a militarized thinker. He's a, you know, a former vet and he's an artist. He's trained in film, he's trained in stage. He's got all those lanes and he's doing psychodrama therapy right now. So he understands about the creative value has to have therapeutic impact because that's what art is like you're saying there's this and there's that and there's the other are there going to be laughter moments are people going to giggle are they going to have fun and i i think we all know that that gets lost in the sauce when we're dealing with the business angle but show business is exactly that business and will walker always reminds me it is a business and i'm glad i have him he told me from jump i would hate his guts and i do (laughs) but you you respect him too clearly every single like war he's willing to go to you know but that's a even when he's at war with me i'm just glad it's like he's a warrior and he does the job and it's a mm-hmm. dirty job
1: that was a the point. It. yeah that was with dealing with who's willing to to go to war for their client were you going to say heather you were going to say something
4: um well well i was just going to say as far as the business goes do you guys all feel that um that now because of social media you have more weight put on you by your managers and agents to handle that aspect of promoting and putting yourself out there and being responsible for some level of self-promotion more than you would have, you know, 10 years ago, even, or even five years ago at this point, um, where you have a lot more of that weight put on you I do. that maybe the bookers or venues or anything would have handled before that. Now you have to handle that.
2: I feel that for sure I, yeah I but guys I was bef- before the lockdown started I was two shows into a new tour which mm. has been totally postponed and my girlfriend who hel- helps me with social media and different things we were like working around the clock like if we were awake we were working on promoting the tour and it, mm. it's because it just seems to all all almost all be right in uh, in social media now you know aside from some mm-hmm. Like a tiny bit of local advertising uh the old the old-fashioned way it's like a lot of it's on us now
4: yeah because right. before you would have relied more heavily on on the venue and the and the promoters as opposed to yourself yeah but
1: if you have yeah. if you have now guys that can can only do about five minutes and they can pack a house because they did a bunch of goofy you know fart videos online. Then, like, now you're going into a venue where everyone's like, oh, he was the funniest thing online, and they'll put, they don't care. They just want to put asses in the seats. So now, comedians who are like, they're guys who are legendary, that if they're, doesn't matter, if they're coming out of New York, they might not have that market um, until they have more uh, visibility, TV and, and numbers. So I think, one, there's a blessing because you can, you actually can do something when you're sitting with your hands tied waiting for management to do something or not. You can take, you know, you can do something when no one's doing something. Um, that's, true.
2: that's a nice, it's a nice thing to be able to do instead of just sitting there feeling like you, you're helpless.
1: But sure. it's, yeah, I think, and I think like, you know, even what, uh, what, um, Mike and Felicia were saying too, it's, it's finding, it's very hard to find, um, somebody that represents you that that will stand up and isn't scared of their own agenda. And Heather and I had our experience, um, on when I made my film, that um, I lost the initial copyright to my film because my manager didn't want to go up against the guy who was the bigger name, even though I paid for my film. He, the guy, didn't pay for the film. He's like, well, he's a bigger name, so you just need to give him, you know, a part of your copyright. And like all these things, it, it, you know, every time I, you need someone to show up. What is, what are they scared of, and it, are they thinking like they're the talent, um, or are they looking to protect the talent? And sometimes you know, like Ben saying, well, your girlfriend has done so much, has helped you so much. It's interesting that we find um, other people that might not be traditional managers that may be contributing uh, on a larger scale than any representation could. And that's what I think is more of the key because as I'm finding, you know, right now my, I, I, I know that people that had been in my corner that are in my corner, are with because of no shows are sitting hands tied, but I'm not sitting hands tied. And I know you're not sitting hands tied and and we're, 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 we have a bunch of great things happening. And it's because of um, new, because of doing your own thing and um, thinking, don't think about things in a box in the traditional way that a manager back in the day could make or break you, a manager slandering you could destroy your career. Now Mm. we, we literally have social media. So, um, you know, it's it's an interesting yeah. combination, you
3: know. Well, how it's changing, that's scary a bit, though, is that they're monetizing the companies, the Twitters, the Instagrams, Facebook, doesn't matter, YouTube, it's being monetized now in a way internally with their algorithm, because, you know, I, I, I work in uh, film marketing and stuff like that as well, and they, now they want you to pay for your, likes for your you know you could have the funniest thing in the world the greatest thing in the world it it, it, it they won't allow it to virally explode unless mm. you pay like you ever see that on your instagram where it says this video is trending would you like to sponsor it like you know pay or whatever the term that whatever the uh the verbiage boost. is yeah sorry yeah boost yeah. right would you like to they boost, even make it fun right? would you like yeah. to? would you like to boost it like it doesn't say pay anything it's like boost, boost.
2: That's just give the us whole direct access out. to your checking account and we'll make you popular. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: no shit. We'll so take later. all your money, but you'll have uh, everybody'll think you're great. You, or it'll <laughs> totally. seem like it, right? Yeah. Yeah,
3: and that's how you get at the top of these feeds <laughs> and how you get in because they want you to pay. So I it's sort of like the last couple of years, that idea of going viral, like or you know, doing just doing something in itself of creative. You still have to have that sort of um, you know, grassroots building your own audience. As a part of it, you know.
2: You do definitely. Yeah. We, I for what happened to me is I like Cash Cab when it first went off. I up to that point, it was like right after you know Twitter and every and everything kind of blew up, social media, and uh, I was like, I kind of was like, oh my god, what happened? I th- I had a TV show. I thought I kind of had it made in the business. Now my show's gone and I'm not on Twitter and like <laughs> and that's where the that's where everything's happening is right in you know? Know. So, here.
4: Uh, yeah, we so like uh,
2: scrambled and tried to create a, a tr- learn how to do this, you know, speak this new language, so to speak, and and you know, create a market for ourselves. Right? Cre- you know, yeah, it, like I mean, you're you... talking about a grassroots thing. Here, hey everybody, this is what we're doing. Come and see what we're doing and <laughs> And sign up so we can let you know when we're doing it again. It's a, it's a whole different thing. It used to be show up at a club, maybe you drink too much, you're probably stoned. <laughs> as long as everybody laughs, laughs, you're a fucking genius, and there's three <laughs> nails on TV, and you've got it made. You know, it's a, it's a whole <laughs> different world now.
0: Well, remember Dan Cook really capitalized off the MySpace. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. made he made millions of dollars. Like, yep. yeah, he did. Yep. being I mean being ahead of the curve, I think. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. he sold out a lot of tours uh, with advertisement on MySpace. like he created this thing and it, it, it sort of changed the game. I mean because he didn't have any commercials. He didn't have any television. Any, we were, tr- we were
1: talking trash about him back at the Boston. Let's get for real. We were all like <laughs> of all the people who ain't gonna make it. It's not gonna <laughs> be dame. And then bam. We were all like, Oh, oh, no, he had a plan.
0: though. He had no, plan. But, but
1: was he had frosty. It. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Frosty put him in colleges. Now let's face it, Dane is cute. You put him with a bunch of girls that are at college. He's gonna come in there. He's gonna do his animated comedy, which and it's, and, and nothing against Dane in, 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 you know, it's very funny. I think New York is very judgy. If someone is performance orientated, where you're doing, you're acting something out big, lots of times we're like.
2: <laughs> I
0: know they used to, they used to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah I so we get. pretty
2: yeah. about it, right? you <laughs> stand totally still, you never smile.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's all no about props. the writing. You're not allowed to sell it at all. <laughs> like, wait, wait, hold on. I got, I had a door guy. I did, I did a fart joke, and a door guy was like, "Great set, it." They were really loving you, and he's like, "Even though you did a fart joke," I'm like, <laughs> "Come on, man! You get, you're getting me on subject matter. <laughs> we're clowns. We're fucking clowns. Let's just face it."
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and I think the thing was too is that, like, when you know, uh, you know, you if you get a load of colleges, it's easy to get college kids behind you because they don't have interactions with well,
0: Carrot Top, right? Carrot you're the Top. first
1: comedian Carrot that Top they've ever met, huge. you're the first, yeah. So, it, if you have a solid college tour and you look cute, he was cute, and he would go in and out of those places, and then MySpace started to happen, um, and you know, I remember, oh, what was his name? Kurt Iverson. You remember Kurt Iverson? Mm-hmm. He was the first guy who came and said, there's this thing. Oh, God, now I'm going to age myself. You guys need websites. We're like, what? <laughs> websites? <laughs> websites. And he, he came and he's like, I'm doing robertkellylive.com. We're all like, he's doing a website. Oh,
0: ben, you what? made fun of that on the roast. Ben, I remember you said... <laughs> <laughs> If, if, i love
2: that it's like the uh, second that, biggest uh, thing i ever did in my career was patrice's roast
0: <laughs> and you know what i'm working on making putting that into a, a page just just the full thing
1: yeah uh,
0: so it can be seen but ben barely be great you know, I,
2: I slammed bobby this, for his amazing
1: oh my website.
0: god ben is the best roaster I mean, really
1: really what'd you say i gotta tell me tell he me it,
2: i mean no it's, it's not it hard waking up every day knowing you'll never live up to your website <laughs> <laughs> It's because he did. He had an amazing website. He was like the first guy who had
1: it. Oh my God! Look at it. It's so cool. That was Kurt Iverson. He lived in the middle of the country. I think he was like in Kansas or something. And he came to the Comedy Cellar and he sold us all a bunch of websites. And I just couldn't get my money together. I couldn't make it. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was like, I'm gonna make my own. I'll build my own website.
1: I did that too. I did that well, too. Robert Good Kelly had a
0: fun, uh, like a phenomenal website. It was yeah, yeah. It was
1: like... it was flat. It was a Flash website. And I remember the guy. And I tried to hire him. And then I did I did the Ben Bailey route. I'm gonna make my own website. You know? <laughs> and, then, and then Poppy Fields came on. She's like, no one's going to pay that to this side. It's too detailed. What are you doing? I was like, <laughs> I was like get out too of any here, Poppy. buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I overdid it. It was like, what? I never launched the damn thing. My life has been lost in trying to build a website. If I just paid <laughs> Kurt Iverson, 90% of my life wouldn't be what where it happened. Websites, and you get hacked with the website, and you got the messed up website. Should have paid the dude. Should have paid yeah,
3: him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. I remember back then. I thought people always thought it was like not cool to. I mean, this is a different time, right? But it was not cool to promote yourself. Like it wasn't right. cool to have yes. a website. It wasn't cool like you don't do the. I'm an artist. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. And now yeah. I mean, now it's like everyone's hustling. But back then, I'm surprised that you guys were. You know, like I'm going to get a website because I, I mean, everyone I knew back then would have been like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm an artist." Like I'm not. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> I I don't having need a that website shit. not make you an artist. I don't know. Maybe because you're promoting yourself. I don't know. But like. Yeah, that's gone the way of the dodo. I mean, now you're oh yeah in your bathroom trying to be funny in front of a mirror, taping yourself and then uploading that and hoping someone likes I mean just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a
2: good idea that's a good idea, man. Yeah, but use I
3: mean, the bathroom.
0: <laughs> the bathrooms like... Are... <laughs> well Ben, do you remember the days where like getting to Montreal was the big deal? like uh Aspen and getting a deal at Montreal so that's that mm-hmm. was everybody's focus every comics focus Mike Mike
1: actually went to Montreal and got a deal at Montreal Did he you? Montreal. Did. Yeah. You didn't a say that all the time. This time?
3: <laughs> no, it was a long time ago. It was another life, but yeah, I did that and uh you know, it was I was like super young and like it was when friends was really big. There's a, you know, uh and they were like, yeah, you kind of look like a friend. This was like, you know, like twenty-two. <laughs> and then so I was like, okay, but I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. It was a mess. And uh <laughs> it was horrible experience in the end. Not not that this just for laughs was incredible, but like the the road after that sucked balls, to be frank. I didn't I did not like it. So those I wasn't really frank. The
2: the pressure if you do new faces or did new faces at one of those festivals, yeah. It, the pressure was immense. Yeah. it was now it's like you look back it's like six i had to do six minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, and i was okay. oh my god i have to do six minutes <laughs> that is
1: yeah hilarious.
3: totally it's you know it, yeah it was very it, it was so it, it was such another world like like you know because back then it's like three people could change your life you know what i mean like all you need is one yeah. studio to be like i tap you as important and then all of a sudden all these things can start happening
2: but you well, still have like to have your whole the... career hinged on it. It felt like every oh my god, your it could life. end right there. If you fuck it up, it's over. And you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. It, and I think
3: it there's was one gig some... where that could happen. Yeah, right. And it's well, I think you're right. I think some people really took that to heart. Like you'd hear about someone bombing or someone freaked out or yo, I, like, I, I, I
1: tanked man. it. I tanked it in Aspen at the gala <laughs> show, and but it, I, I had a good excuse, so man. But I, I was like, I was high altitude. I, not only was at the high altitude i had to be less than a year old comic i was less than a year old and i was a def jam comic and then so then they go we're getting you to aspen and by the way there's no black people up there so you're gonna have to rewrite your set and then i was like how am i gonna rewrite and the, and and my management at the time was like well we got you in special so you have no choice you got to go and um the funniest thing was i they actually had a book of the one black dude that ever lived in Aspen. He was in a book in a bookstore. A book. That's how rare it was. They had, and it was a how sick, big
3: of a book was it?
1: And it was. It was. It was a little slim book. And, yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> just like, and they kept saying, "They're like, you can just rewrite your set." Dana Carvey rewrites his set all the time. You just need to go to the club and rewrite your set. And I had like literally three weeks and I was trying to get out of it the whole time. That's
0: such
3: bad advice. You should just done your set. That is terrible advice. Jesus, terrible.
1: By the time I got up there, I was like, oh. And then the oxygen, they don't tell you that you can't breathe. Like great place to put a comedy venue where your delivery will never be the same because your air intake has got you on this slow, weird cadence and everyone's passing out.
2: Yeah. yeah, you're out of breath by the time you yeah. get up there. It's terrible.
1: <laughs> I guys, let me
0: ask you guys this. Do you guys ever look back and say uh, I would have taken a different route or you are you are you happy of taking the comedy route?
1: Comedy route or different route?
0: <laughs> I, no, I mean, are you would you would you do it over? Would you would you have done something else? Or are you happy with the choice you made as a comedian?
1: Well, ben, I
0: mean, you Ben's our guest. Let ben, in. ben, yeah, Ben, Ben's the one. Let Ben's.
2: I'm I'm terribly dissatisfied and I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> Announced here. <laughs> no, I. You know. I I think I, I would I would have ended up being a comedian no matter what happened to me. I, I, like I just fumbled into it, but as soon as I did, I realized that I, it's what I had been my whole life already. Uh, so. I I think I could have made a lot of different choices and I would have still fallen into this Mm. land of misfit toys. That is the comedy world. And, uh, kind of found a home there, but sometimes I get fed up, you know, the business side of things. And, and, you know, one of the downsides of social media is people can just say whatever they want right to you whenever they want to, you know? Right. And, uh, Sometimes you'll, you'll I'll, I'll be stupid and I'll read a review of something or a, a right. comment and I'll just be like, oh, why <laughs> did I, i will be so pissed. And I'll right. be like, I, sh- I should have been a fucking carpenter, you know, but, yeah, <laughs> but, but because I love to, I'm handy, I love to build, but if I had done that, I would have moments where I'd be like, I should have been a fucking, you know, something. Right. So like, I think whatever, if, if you find something that you love, it's, that doesn't mean it's going to be You know, pure happiness and utter joy all the way through. But you're very lucky if, as we are, to 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 have a job that's uh, you know something that that not not just that you love, but that fulfills you in some way.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know, I definitely think, especially the funny thing is, you get older with comedy. I think you can be a little more sophisticated, and you can say things. You're not just hopefully just going for the laugh. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. I'm not judging people who want to do that, but. I think as you go on, it's it's unlike, you know, being an athlete, it's like you can get better with time, you know, which is really nice. It's not like you beca- you can evolve, you know, and that's what's the the best part of the art. I think it's like you can constantly improve, constantly find new levels. And, 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 and that makes it more interesting for yourself. I'm saying, you yeah. know, just to, uh, treating it that way. So, yeah, mm.
1: yeah I totally I, agree. I... Yeah, I, I, I quit for so many years, and I didn't want to be a comedian to begin with, but I, my life has not, nothing has worked for me unless I did comedy. It's just It just never worked, no matter what I tried to do. Um, it always seems to, like, I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I think it's also interesting, too, because, you know, like on the thread are also, uh, a, like also fellow artists that actually, you know, life takes you down a different path, and then you end up coming back and it's kind of cool because like Heather's coming back full circle with her tap, you know, and, and, I'm, and it's interesting cause I can relate to it uh, comedically. Um, the idea that, you know, um, that, you know, there's, there's a moment where you doubt it. And there's a moment where you go, I'm, what am I doing? And maybe I shouldn't come back to this. But at the same time, um, all the good stuff that's happening. I was like, that just happened to me before I went on the road. I went through all of this. And then when I got on the road, I realized that that was just me in my room with my head telling me, you know, not to stop. Um, I know, uh, you know, Pam w- has been a comedian and stopped to raise her daughter. And, and, do, and, and it's funny because she can't ever even be serious. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just comedy is something is sometimes it's just in your spirit. And when, and it's funny cause she got back on stage at, at an event recently and she, it was, the funniest I've known Pam for uh, you know two decades, and I get a phone call like I never heard her like, oh, I won't believe it. I would have to, and I like I've never heard her so <laughs> ridiculously happy. You can hear like her heart beating through the phone, mm-hmm. but the level that's of, great of yeah. joy when you are um, doing what you what you love, even though you might like life sometimes can take us down different paths like it did for me and now I'm coming back and it's scary to come back, but there's nothing um, when you're in that space. And that's why I was saying the managers and the agents and the business, uh, they're a whole separate thing because when you're really in that room and you get to where you get to be in a zone, not to where the, you're just pleasing the audience. When you get to go where you want to go in on that stage, then it's like it's just it's like the best moments it's like the best moments of why we do it at all you know right felicia <laughs> Felicia's I'm but she's back performing as well you know after many years um now you're you're performing and it's it, you you realize you're doing it for a different reason
6: the urgency comes into play big time you know you're like, "Oh, my heart's been dead forever because I'm trying to pretend I'm not an artist, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because with comedy, if you're funny and you're a comedian, you can try to do other things, but like you're saying, it's not going to work. um If you do other things and you try to be funny, just don't even bother, you know, um, but if you're a comedian there's there's no other way to live. It's not like you'll get your air, water, sunshine from someplace else. Uh-huh. But I know the one thing I want to ask you Ben is about music like I am a strong believer that you cannot be funny and successful as a comedian unless you have some crazy sense of music. Um, I don't know anybody, you know, anybody who's non-musical, I'm non-musical completely flat on the music zone. I really believe that comedians are musicians, you hear me say it all the time. Anybody who speaks to me knows I believe like comedy people comedians are musicians and their instrument is the laughter of the audience Hmm. not to denounce the laugh track i'm all for your laugh track
2: (laughs) right those are real laughs those are real laughs that i did get (laughs) but yeah Yeah, i think that's true yeah do you
6: tell me about that
2: music music and and stand-up are the kind of the same to me it's it's all just uh like if you looked at i have notepads that that have lyrics on them and I have notepads that have jokes on them and they're, they're you know, you, anyone else wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And, you know, they'd, they'd kind of look and go, oh, which one is this? Because it's it's all the same flow, you know. The only the difference timer. is that is the impetus, like playing a guitar or playing a piano or whatever. That that's where those lyrics come start to come into play. It's 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 just like a different origin for, but the same expression, the same like, you know, release. I guess is a good word for
1: it. I don't did know. you did, it's did like you a faucet? Feel,
2: if it's flowing, it's flowing. If it's not, it's not. You know.
1: Did you feel that comedy um, was easier for you because of your history in music?
2: No, no. I, I I never even like connected the two. I never thought of myself as a musician, even though I was like. Kind of behind the scenes, working at it all the time, and really and really kind of meditating on it. Uh, mm. But they were they were they were just always always different, hmm. which is weird. I've just told you they're the same, and then I'm like, they're no, they're totally different, Maya. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I
1: mean... you just said they were the
2: same, Ben. But you know, it's <laughs> like
1: well, it's, inter- I, it's interesting. It's because I talked to um, when we um, had gotten to interview Phyllis Diller and oh wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and she was talking about she was a piano player and she was saying um, the same thing as what Felicia was saying, which is, you know, um, there's a musicality to comedy. So like Johnny Carson was a drummer and like she found that a lot of a lot of the greatest comedians um, all had a musical background. And uh, you know, Heather, we were just having a discussion before this about phraseology um, and because she's working in phraseology with with tap and rhythm and the difference of just timing and time signatures. And, and it's funny because she's telling me things and I can relate it to certain ways. Because I remember George Carlin once said to me, he was saying, uh, when we, he was saying that he would write jokes and he would uh, record them back when he was doing a show, not to see if people laughed, but to see if pe- if he said them the way he intended for the joke to sound. And so the only way I found the ability to try to um, implement that into my work was to kind of write it in notes.
2: Right. I was gonna say that sounds like music. Doesn't sound yeah. like, doesn't sound like uh, writing of words. It sounds more like music.
1: Yeah. And it was interesting yeah. too. Cause he was doing, cause he did a special every year and I don't think he was very interested in if the audience, what certain audiences thought was funny or not. Um, he did it. He was worried about having a good show because of his venue. But he was very, very fo- focused on what he was doing. And I think that's, I guess that's what happens to when, you ma- when you're a master like he was. You know, the, yeah. the, the comedy becomes secondary. Um, I heard- I used to, um, I
0: used to love uh, Joe Mulligan. I don't know if anybody remembers Joe Mulligan, but- Oh yeah, sure. Joe Mulligan used to play the guitar and he would do jokes. At the same, he would time his jokes and he would play a song and then set the punchline up. But I just, for some reason that shit just cracked me
1: up. He was funny. Why,
0: He's funny. Yeah, he was yeah, he, he was funny with that. I thought it was just yeah, no one was doing it. I mean, I haven't seen it since Was he
1: at the Boston?
0: Yeah, he would come to the Boston. Was he the acoustic
1: he was, guy with the a, yeah, acoustic yes. guitar? Yeah,
0: and yeah. he would come in and There's just a put a happy face. Yeah. Yeah. It was a couple It was
2: Joe Mulligan would uh he was at the cellar. He's at the old Boston The cellar. And yeah, then, he was uh, at the cellar, yes. John Joseph. John Joseph yes, is yes. another guy who plays guitar and sings and he like he'll, he'll like do an original song and Make up the whole song about people in the crowd. He'll ask him a, like a little thing, and then you know. To me, that's like a, it's just a yeah. like kind of a whole different animal, though. If you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna mix the two, that was his
0: thing. That was his thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's something you have to. That has to be your thing. But you it's know, funny. I remember
1: Barrio is like, if I see another guy with the guitar or going <laughs> up and performing, and you were like, oh my god! And now I have such an appreciation for <laughs> musicians and comedians, and <laughs> and I always loved. <laughs> I remember one year at Montreal. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember who came to the stage with music, but I remember somebody flipped it into a blues number. Dave was hosting the show. He did a whole blues thing. Tony Wiz was on stage. Rear Barnes was on stage. And it was they closed it. They turned whatever it was. I remember the night into some crazy blues number. The end of mm-hmm. the show this way. The crowd went crazy. I mean. It's, it's, and I'm working like when I, at Laugh Factory with Craig, uh, Craig Robinson who's on the piano and you realize how much people really do enjoy, um, not just standing there like you're saying, and like, I don't if I raise my eyebrows, am I being too expressive about this joke? <laughs> like we've forgotten about the audience and we're listening to all these notes of what we're supposed to do and, and the audience wants to feel good. You know, I, yeah. was on the, I was on the road with Sinbad, and Sinbad is what brought back my music because I didn't want anybody, I never incorporated it, I was embarrassed of it. And then I'm on the road with Sinbad, he's like, here, take the bass. I'm like, what bass? He's like, take the bass. Oh, you drum? Here, you need to go up and drum, and then I'll be on the bass. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. I feel like I'm in. I felt like I was one of Prince's girlfriends. I felt like I was like, it was like a Wendy Lisa. <laughs> I'm like, "Why is <laughs> Sinbad doing these. I was like, you've got to be kidding. How did he get here? And, um, but the crowd felt like they got their money's worth.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, sometimes it shows a
2: show from their eyes, right?
1: Yeah, Regardless of
2: how what 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 being a purist might mean or to to us, the crowd is like, I just want to feel like I saw a good show. You know, it's expensive enough. You
1: know, it's expensive enough. Um, And I I think you're
3: right, Ben. About entertainment
0: is entertainment, you know.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like the whole purist thing. I think you're so right. I always felt very self conscious about, you know, that idea. Like you don't want people to like bringing up the guitar and everyone's rolling their eyes or someone's got a giant you know whatever
2: yeah pu- a puppet. Puppet.
3: A puppet like if or someone comes eye. up with a puppet it's like <laughs> uh. a bag of
2: props <laughs> yeah you know.
3: yeah you know the, the tickle trunk or whatever they bring out you're like yeah
2: come on <laughs> the tickle
3: but uh trunk. but
0: uh
3: <laughs> yeah but uh no but it's so true it's like you know you have music you have skill and it's like there's this weird thing on just defining what stand up is. It was like this thing yeah. that's like, that's not real. That's not comedy. That's not. But I never, I was always like, who's, where's the rule book? Like, I'm trying to find the person that wrote this, you know, it's sort of. Yeah. It's, well, it's,
1: it's interesting.
3: It's, it's going you, away, but. Well, it, it's yeah. well the original
2: rules, there were no rules. It was make the king laugh, or. You
3: know, <laughs> shot. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly.
3: <laughs> do what you gotta do.
2: Yeah. yeah. Make smart noises. That is true. A show, that is true. Play the guitar, whatever.
3: Yeah, no <laughs> kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I felt, I, I think that, um, it. and I remember growing, you know, being in uh, the comedy circuit in New York, and it was, oh, you're a hack, you're a hack. And I was like, everybody's calling each other a hack. Does anybody know what a hack is at this point? Because <laughs> technically, everybody's we're all a hacks. Hat. You know, everybody's yeah. a, hack. a hack. So, so then you like, it puts you in your head that you're doing something that's off. Um, but it's interesting because even Mike was talking about the new stand-up. Have you seen some of the new specials like the Whitmere Thomas where they're doing things where they want to fuse music? They don't want straight stand-up now. They're looking for who can fuse interesting stories or documentaries or and, uh, outside-the-box versions of stand-up. Uh, and, and, and Mike's really instrumental in, in, in like, letting me start to see that and have confidence in working outside the box.
3: Yeah, I mean, what we've been talking about is just real authenticity. It's not even, um, it's definitely not about uh, trying to do whatever the people want you to do. It's not trying to win anyone over. It's just about really being as authentic as you can. And like, you know, in some of the specials I've seen, I've really appreciated and loved and some I haven't, um, you know, but it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I, some people that want, like that one Nanette, I forget her name. Do you know what I'm talking about? She's Australian. Really big. She had a special called *The Net*. Um, anyway, it was like one of the biggest specials last year on Netflix. It was huge launch. She just came up with another one called *Doug*. I'm a, I'm I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name. But um, a lot of culture like, that's not even comedy because she was really just authentically just speaking her truth, if you will. And it was like, there really aren't huge moments for laughter. So I understand the debate. I'm not saying it's like yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Like I'm not like oh it was really well done what i don't care what you call it it was right. well done well oh, that's the um,
2: old like when the when the alternative comedy scene sort of first came into being back <laughs> in the day there was a lot of debate about that same thing really it's just an argument over uh what do you want to call it it's like it was like so just scheduling uh, purposes <laughs> Just finally agree that we will Are you guys own. hearing that? Yeah, My
0: conversation, hey,
1: yes. Hacked, <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: a hack, like, shut that's up, a Ben Bailey, shut up. <laughs> 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 you talk too much. Uh, <laughs> so I
0: like yeah. it was a crowd heckling. <laughs>
2: yeah, somebody just got heckled on a Zoom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like, I remember there was an article in the New York Times, it was like, oh, this new thing, the alternative comedy scene uh, where and it, and it was like, you know, a thinking person's comedy, They in quotes, like, and then uh, it, it's a different, it's a whole different thing. A laugh doesn't, uh, or a bit doesn't necessarily have to get a laugh to be considered a successful bit.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. See, and, uh, I agree. Know, yeah.
2: And if people were kind of like, well, that is, then are you doing comedy then? If that's not your definition of success, then are you doing stand-up comedy? Okay. Oh, of course
6: think. you are.
1: Is that you, are. Mo? Is that you, Mo? With the huh? background noise?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm about to.
1: You can click a I'm mute. Gonna... You can mute yourself. Mute yourself. Oh yeah. You just mute yeah. Yourself while
2: you... Oh, are you in a? Are you in a? Are you at a restaurant right
0: now? <laughs> no, I feel. Yeah. I feel like I am.
2: <laughs>
1: mm. I'm so glad it wasn't me this time, huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I feel I, I, I think it's the same thing. I remember when we would go down to Luna Lounge, and it's so funny because coming from, um, like where Pam and I came at Uptown Comedy Club, what was it? You had to have like eight laughs a minute, ten laughs a minute. Yeah, so you I remember get that. Booed off. Yeah. It oh, was wow. like, it was yeah. like these girls are like one, two, and like you can literally count. If yeah. I walked out stage, tell us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, set, boo, right boom. there. You had right to hit there, them before uh, that. If you were out there uh, and you had a seven count with no with no boom, you were booed off. So w- coming from like uptown comedy, wow, and yeah, they you needed on, that. You be, had to come out. It'd be closer.
2: more different.
1: No, I'd walk out and everybody boo me when I walk on. <laughs> Pam remembered that. I would walk on, I me mean, white men get up the stage boo who is she i remember gerald kelly in in brooklyn gerald kelly's doing an intro and gerald's like this next is to come into the stage and the guys jumped up in the front like no no what no like threw their arms up like because i'm walking to the mic like, no. so, jesus and so you're going from that and then i go down to and then you yeah. go down to luna lounge and it's like we're being you know we're being profound I don't yeah know. you
2: don't have to get a laugh just relax like, what <laughs>
1: Wait a minute. You, 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 you say something, and you, and you do this kind of, sm- <laughs> and, and, and so you, you it's like a mind game of like, you didn't laugh, or like, I guess sure you didn't get that, because you're not intelligent enough. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah. that's, a, that, those guys LA, who can, yeah. Huh?
3: Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just talking about like people in LA, like like Janine Garofalo. I remember when she was doing it, and all these comics, in LA, were doing the, No. No, No? I
1: do. I remember that's. You're making a
3: face like. "Mm, mm, No, mm." that
1: was the circuit. (laughs) That I'm just laughing and and remembering it because um, when it first came in, it was like you couldn't think you could do that in like when you go between rooms. So you knew what room. Um, some rooms you just had no choice but to bring it, or you had to be smarter. You had to be smarter than the room. You know, you had to you had to be able to. Really pressure this, sw- and I've I've never been one of those comics. Like I know Tony Woods can go into a room and he's like, "I'm gonna tank this room," and then I'll bring him back and make the yeah. room think he's horrible. Like he was, he'd have mm. that kind of confidence. Like, hmm, "Watch this!" Like somebody would kill, and he would before somebody crush and go, "Watch! I'm gonna tank it," and and then they they'd be twisting in their chairs like, oh, oh. and he'd be so offended, and and they didn't know he was doing that on purpose. Right. Uh, another comedian, Amazing. Mark Royce from Baltimore, he would, yeah. he would just, he, they would have this absolute control um, of, of how to, uh, of being a, a command of switching the audience in their responses. Uh, I remember being at the Boston on a Sunday night, and Dave came off stage and was like, Woo! So, what happened is, I screwed up that joke. But I made them think I didn't screw it up the joke. I made them think they just didn't get it. <laughs> they went for it. <laughs> They're like, go down yeah, that and one. They believed them, that's great. And just do like a look like, oh, sorry, <laughs> you guys don't get it. And then the room ripped into applause. I was like, i don't remember that one. But I'm usually too busy having a heart attack because I got like PTSD from, um, from the Uptown Comedy <laughs> Club days. I have so much PTSD. People used to clear their throat, and I start snapping on them. Like I start ripping. Like, oh, you want some of this? It took me, it took me quitting, walking away from comedy to come back and not wow. be like somebody sniffled Maya. They weren't trying to, they weren't trying to punk you. They sniffled. <laughs> right, it. right. The glass hit wow. the table. That happens, you know. Mm-hmm. I, but I've admired that. I, I don't. I. I've never been a comedian. I think yet that. I'm learning a lot, like I was telling um, Heather about when I did my dry bar special. We were talking about like, well, I, I would ask Tony, how do, how do you tape? Do you do exact jokes? Like you say, this is my set. He said, no, I'd have a general idea. And, you know, and Greer Barnes, he said Greer was just saying, well, Greer would have a general idea where he's going, but he wouldn't lock it. So when, I, you know, you go in and you tape and you see the way I used to tape something, which was, oh no, I missed that joke. The second you, oh, I forgot that, should I go back? <laughs> as opposed to going into the, the flow, you know? Right, right. Like, like well,
3: that's a that's a good, like for you, Ben, do you change your comedy for the audience or do you like, this is what I'm doing, this is who I like, this is it. Like, like it, don't like it, I'm bringing this, you know?
2: It depends. Uh, well, I, I don't ever change it for the audience, but uh, but well, uh, like, years and years ago, I was doing shows in England and uh, a guy from Texas who's living in England and doing stand-up over there said, open uh open with something local he goes when i was first starting out an older guy told me open always open with something local Mm -hmm. and i kind of i thought about it and i was like you know what i think that's a good idea uh just for if if just for the writing aspect can i fly into a new place the day before and write some good material about that place to and perform it the next night or that night you know and uh that's kind of become a thing for me. Like I, I love, I, I really relish that. I miss that. I'm really missing that now landing in a, in a city and like just being a total outsider and observing them and how they live there and, and trying to write something about, about them that they'll like and relate to. So in a way I do, but that's always just the open. And then I'll get to, you know, whatever set I kind of have, uh, Either either done and been around too long and not recorded yet, or like halfway done and you know. Right, right.
3: I I heard Anthony Jesselneck on an interview, and he says like when he's bombing, he's like, "This is it. Like, hang on, because this is going to be a rough hour for everybody. We're (laughs) going to do that. Like, he's he's like, I am not changing. This is what you're getting. You know, just you know. And then the the analogy of like, well, you don't go see like music. You're going to go see a band, right? Like, you're going to go see the rolling stones you don't show up to the rolling stones when you want to see like rap you know what i mean and sort of like why are comics you know people yeah you, know, you, know, you know you know it's funny because you just go see comedy
2: maybe that's changing right. but it was like it's th- it's yeah instead know. of certain type of comic or exactly. i
1: think though that people i think it's it's usually for comics that aren't postured because if you if you have a certain um if if you are somebody there's there's two theories, on that I think if if you're if you're somebody who has a bigger name and you're you're pulling an audience, um, that you can do it. Or, like, are they going to fire you for not making them laugh? That's the bottom line.
3: Yeah, I guess you know? that's true. And
1: and I remember uh, Carlin saying, because I remember Heather and I. You, were you with us when me and Kenny we went to go see um, George at the MGM? And he was, yeah. doing, he was doing new material. And he would say every show he would work out because he was, had to do a special every year. So every show he would take like 20 minutes. And he said, I used cards and I never, I, I don't need the cards. It was for the audience to see a prop that looked like they were part of something that I was working out. So, and then he'd say he'd do 20 minutes of material. So afterwards we went back and he was like, he's like, I wanted to keep going. He was so frustrated, but he was like, I wanted to keep going, but you could hear their assholes tightening and they wouldn't go any farther. And it's the MGM grand that I still got to do my job. And that to me was like the lesson of lessons because I used to get mad like, they don't want to go there, that audience is stupid. And watching like, uh, you know, uh, the, one of the greatest comedians that ever pushed the envelope be able to say like, he wasn't happy, but he knew his job was his job and the audience is there for, somebody, for something. I never right. see anyone control it like that because even I'm like, but they're here to see George Carlin, you're George Carlin. You know, but um, he was even, he was very conscious of that. But I think it's also like, you know, some club owners, if club owners aren't going to bring you back because they don't like what you do, the only time you can command like you need to bring me back is if you got a bunch of shows, a bunch of TV shows, a bunch of specials and they got some, or even that's the case. And, you know, some guys would be like, I don't care how big he is. He didn't make the audience laugh and people weren't happy and they wanted their money back right that's, you know and then you have there's the business side right yeah. that's yeah the, business the audience side. walks like, out yeah. and they're like hey they, you know the opener was funnier than that guy or blah blah so you know it, it it's 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 still it's still a business absolutely and, yeah you know
4: you know it's you know, like with tap dancing there's always an ongoing conversation on whether you're you're selling out if you're being performative And you're not staying true to the dance. So there are dancers who are amazing, who believe it is strictly, it is your waist down. Mm -hmm. Nothing else needs to be happening. You're there because you're a musician and you're a tap dancer. So you don't need to be performed because musicians don't have to get up and perform. You don't have to get up and perform. You're up there because Mm -hmm. you're a musician. It's all about the music. Mm -hmm. It's all about the rhythms and it's about the music, which it is. Um, And therefore they don't feel like they need to to perform um, right. and then there's the argument of well if you're also going to perform like I was mentored by someone who is who, Henry who was you know one of the only revered Broadway choreographers as far as tap goes because he was able to bring real rhythm tap to Broadway that didn't exist on Broadway before um, and he believed he always taught me he said you get one for you and one for them he's like they're paying to come see you do so one step for you, you do one step for them. You uh, do another step for you, two steps for you, then you got to do stuff step for them. And in his thought was the they're talent. coming to pay. They're paying to see you. You have to give them something. It can't all be just for you. Right. Um, which is, it's just really interesting because it's a constant conversation. Uh, I think in the tap community of, of what you can do and how it's viewed. And there's a lot of people who believe, you know, you're also, you're a tap dancer. And so you need, performing is part of it. And, and interacting with the audience. And you have someone like, and but yet the people who don't want to necessarily perform revere the Hoofers who all performed. Yeah, they're all Gregory. They, and they all look up, well, not even Gregory. I mean, yes, Gregory, but before Gregory with everyone who came up with, from you know Bojangles to Bubbles to, to Jimmy Slide and to Buster Brown and to all of these performers who performed but they were the most insane and ridiculous hoofers you'll ever hear. Um, and that's who everybody looks up to, but they still all carried a certain style and a certain performance and a certain, right, uh, you know, communication with the audience that was beyond just the music and their feet.
3: Right. And it makes sense. Cause it's kind of a balance. Like if you do it all for them, then it's going to start feeling really stale and sort of like one dimensional. Well, but and then you, you it turned it into
4: you, 42nd street and it's like, right cares what but you're you, doing
3: because yeah and, they, and, and it goes the same way if you do it all for you so you're just like not even right. giving you know you a shit about them then that's also so it's that balancing act of like
4: but you have staying to like, like true like, to the art form of what you're staying true right. to the music and not turning it into some you know throwing your arms around and shuffling Starts off the to so, buffalo hard to right. find that
2: balance right yeah yeah, yeah. like when, yeah. when after cash cab hit stand up totally changed for me like uh they, now they had expectations. They, they thought they knew me from the show and they kind of expected me to act the same way. Uh, and I didn't. I, my, I used to do, my stand-up, I used to do, I would literally stand there motionless with one eyebrow up and talk in this sort of weird, angry <laughs> kind of voice. Uh, and I did all my jokes that way. And when I did that for Cash Cab fans, when they first started coming to see my stand-up shows, they were like, what? are you doing like they they just moved (laughs) I could see that they were like where's the the guy that we know from that show you're not what are you what are you doing you know and I so I had to change everything and I and I had to kind of play to them yeah to some degree uh or or I just wouldn't be successful I, I had to talk about the show I had to write about it I so in that period, I, I have to correct. I I definitely had to play to that to them because it was like getting
4: them on your side first, and then being able to move into what you wanted to do.
2: It was kind of like a, a balance. It was like these guys want me to talk about cash cab, so I have to. I'm gonna have to write some material about cash cab and being the cash cab guy that I that I feel that I'm inspired to write. So I'm like, I have to get inspired to write about this how do i do that uh oh, sit around and you know mm.
1: <laughs>
2: but how do you how do you get inspired to write about something specific uh and i actually i kind of looked at it like like it was a, a local thing i mean you to putting myself in a situation of writing something local about a town i was like i'll just kind of apply that to me and 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 my own situation if i mm. can take an outsider's view and do you so think that's
1: the rest of your stand-up do you think that's still crafted that craft the body of your hour in some way or
2: i i like i ended up liking it i felt like i I had been forced to do it or or something for a while and and i and i was angry at them for not just seeing the you know my stand up of what it was before for what it was and being able to and then i was like wait a minute I'm they're not looking at this like the way I am or the way we are that as we were saying before they just want to be entertained and, and they have expectation now because they know me from this show and I've so I went full into it and then it that just turned out being my my act that I cared about and that I loved
4: mm. and it, was about, it was about
2: half and half the rest of it I did what I wanted but I satisfied that for them so they and then they were with me you know. right yeah, yeah that's, that makes
1: sense yeah that actually helps a lot i'm glad i'm hearing that because i remember you know when i first came back into stand-up um and my the my comedy mentor was a director and said kept saying and he was successful but he kept saying um it's good that you didn't really make it and i was like no it's terrible and he was like no because it wasn't your voice he's like yeah. you were you were not that person that you were trying to prove you were like in, on Def Jam and all these different things. If somebody had built a show, you would have had, you would have not, it's it's really hard to go back and change it when you build somebody who's so on the outside of yourself. And, and I felt it, I remember going, you know, having dates where I felt like, I'm like, I, this is not my crowd. This is not my, how am I going to fulfill an hour of material? Um, in, um, in a persona like I kept getting to like 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes but I couldn't I couldn't improv I couldn't work I couldn't really grow and it was so uncomfortable but it was it was somebody that I wasn't but hearing your story makes me think you, you know like you know that you you start to we find ourselves in this and if you're going into saying well you know who they cast you in is cast cab cash cab but you're having all these new different types of moments in front of the camera and you're you're finding all these different levels of your personality and as well as developing a persona. And sometimes you may be in a box for some of it, but it allows you to, um, f- it allows you to grow that way. Um, and and I, I felt like I was trying to be forced to grow in something that was just so uncomfortable. It really made me not like stand up. Yeah. Cause I didn't that, like I- me in the art.
2: I think that's the difference between our situations is I was the reason it worked for me is because I was trying to to find a voice that really was me. It was, you know, it was me as the host of Cash Cab, which is just me being me. Yeah. So I was able to relate to it. If if it, if if it hadn't been, it wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't have been able to force my way in there and kind of find that common ground between the audiences and myself, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. I think a I, reason why I actually like stand up now, because it's like, I actually like what I'm doing in my art. I like me in my art. And, and that's then I great. do material that sometimes I'm like, Oh, this is old material. And I'm like, ooh, I don't like me there. I think that that yeah. was me trying to fulfill something that someone else p- pressured me into, but it's not me. or what you
2: thought it might be or it might sound like or
1: yeah trying to be cool or trying to be this the comics i looked up to at the club or you know trying to fit in with a clique or you know and and um you know i like just this last the pandemic myself has been great like i went over at a laugh factory and they make you sing on stage with uh craig ferguson and craig robinson and they're they got piano up there and you're supposed to do this material and That's I happening actually,
2: now during the pandemic? Yeah, they're
1: doing it. Nobody's in the room. They got like four comics that come in and he's on the stage and they social distance and you have to and go in piano. and he's playing piano. You do your act. Then he comes back up. He brings you up. And he goes back up. And then they're like, you want to host? Cause I ended up pulling up all these songs. And I'm like corny songs. Like I'm, I'm a Broadway kid. I really am. I'm a Broadway kid. All my, as a kid, my mother had me, all the Broadway shows, all of her friends worked on shows, all the music we sang were, it, we were we were Broadway brats, so it was like from you know Ellington, sophisticated ladies to we did shows on the Wiz. And Heather come back, I come back, and Heather's like, "How was the show?" I was like, oh, so happy. Forget the jokes. I nailed this song from the Wiz." And like, <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that my voice couldn't do that. I didn't think I had it, but I like let go and I stopped getting tense. And I was like a five year old bouncing off the walls. And then it started making me even say, "Oh, I got to really, really take a look at." my persona across the board because I'm like that's who I am that's what makes me excited every day that's what makes me inspired and now um I might be going you know sounding like I'm cool and I hung out at the club and blah 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 so I'll go this way or say something stupid it's like that's not even my personality I remember Patrice O'Neill came up to me once and Patrice was like how come every time after the shows we're all standing outside talking about sex and stuff and I always notice you sneak away (laughs) he's like does that conversation make you uncomfortable? Does the dirty talk make you uncomfortable? I was like, yeah, I'm kind of a geek, you know, I was kind of like goody two shoes, but it was never, I, I, it was always uncomfortable. And, um, and it's, it's, just, it's just, the closer I'm, I'm finding, the closer I am to myself, the more I love getting up every day and mm-hmm. writing something or, you know, it, it, it brings you back to this like joy of when you were funny as a kid.
2: I, I have to say that uh, doing these these live streaming shows that I've been doing with no no one in the room, you know, have I've totally I've grown so much in that regard. It's it's at first it feels impossible, but then it's like I can there's no there's no barriers here. I can just do, I can just be me, a hundred percent be me, and mm-hmm. just like let loose and do whatever I want to do. And I've I've started doing all these voices and, and <laughs> all, all this different stuff. And I would always say to my girlfriend, how come nobody knows I, I can do all these characters and, all and it's like, well, I wasn't doing them. <laughs> right. How would people yeah. know that I could do them if I'm not doing them on stage, you know, right.
1: So, but you're not feeling the judgment of the audience. I mean, or yeah, I'm the not other fe- comics I'm setting totally up stage, frigid. right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what happened with me. Like it, you know, the last time I was at Laugh Factory. Some guy brought me up and said like the crudest thing anyone's ever said in stand-up about me ever and I never met the guy He just introduced me that way. No credits. No, this and that. Yeah, come to the stage. This girl, you know, stooped me in the uh, You know stooped me in the ass last night with the dildo. Well, i give it up for Maya That's how they brought me on and I just started laughing So I was like, oh uh. And I'm the first comic and I'm like, I, I, I don't wanna, you know, you can't make fun of the guy, I don't know him. It's a, you know, they're, this is all their, this is their favorite guy. I was like, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what to do. And now I go in, I'm like, this is the perfect way to get introduced to the club, to the club owner. Cause he didn't see that set, but he's now uh, Jamie Masada. It was funny cause he was watching these live streams. He's watching, you know, and, and they had no audience. I had no guys drunk in the that are comics that are bringing you up and the who's friends with who. There's nobody there, and like same thing. Oh, characters and doing this and improv and yeah,
2: just whatever, whatever comes, whatever comes to you.
1: You are not trying to please. Yeah, you're not trying to please the audience. Right. You know, you're doing comedy, but you're not, you're not being defiant and not trying to give them a show either. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think pandemic is uh, the pandemic uh, it could be very good for the arts. <laughs>
3: so ben ben do you feel like you're burning material ever like you're ever like oh that's a good bit i should have kept that or it doesn't even matter like you can do it there you can do it in the club or you know
2: oh i started off by doing uh old stuff i was like let me i'll look back through my notebooks and do just do bits that i wrote years ago and never i never did on tv or anything and uh and now i just kind of i'm just like something will hit me during the day and i'll just make the as the most of it you know Oh, cool! We were watching a show, and, and the opening graphics. There's a praying mantis, and I just like I was like, "Oh my god!" I never thought about how funny you never see mantises doing anything but praying, and right. it just like <laughs> clicked into my head. Like you know, there must have been a a revelation where the only ones that survived were the ones that prayed. you know, the golfing mantises. So. Uh, just like take a, a little tidbit like that and and just run with it as long as you can it doesn't matter it's not like there's a a crowd there that's gonna get angry and <laughs> right, right whatever so it's like the pressures off in a way and so I'm just writing a lot and and writing on on stage so to speak even though it's just you know two feet from me in my basement here
1: <laughs> how long are you doing on stage like, uh, on I'm TV?
2: doing a, I'm we, we have some segments, some little segments uh, that we do kind of uh, regularly, but uh, I'm doing an hour. I'm doing a show, an hour show with, with like five to 10, maybe 15 minutes of other stuff sprinkled in. Wow, Are wow. you Are, you, are cool. you keeping
1: it going or are you, are, you, are you just doing live feeds or are you saving, are you archiving that stuff so that people can see the old shows or are you just doing new they're ones? They're
2: still up, they're still up. We, we live stream it to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and so they're just all living up there now in all four different places. Kind of oh, that's crazy. awesome. <clears throat> that's great, man. It's been cool. Yeah. You got check them out if you're if you're
0: yeah yeah definitely man. If we you're
2: curious, to... it'll be you know it's a it's an interesting yeah. thing, an interesting experiment if nothing else. The, the laugh track may annoy you, but try to remember that it's no. for me, not
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, guys, it's uh, it's that time. Oh wow, it's that time. <laughs> um goes
5: by faster
0: right yeah and it's uh it's been awesome tonight um in closing ben we usually have uh inspirational words guys shy away from it but uh (laughs) um i mean you guys can um just uh it can be quick it can be funny it can be but something that inspired you doing this whole thing or today or yesterday or but in closing you know, uh, something that we can take away um, for the for this week.
3: Why or,
4: don't you go first, Mo, and give us an example? Um. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Heather.
0: As long yeah. as you go second, Heather.
4: All
2: right.
0: Um, uh, what I've learned uh, this week is not to be afraid to ask uh, for what you want. Um not to worry about what people think uh, and to go with your instincts sometimes um, because you'll be surprised and you will learn that uh, what you've given is what you receive. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's a lesson and that's to say I'm, I'm amongst really great people and um, I enjoy doing this, and so I think the lesson I'm learning is to the things you've given in the past will always come back uh, later to remind you of, you know, the love you've given. You'll get it back. So, um, and that's to say, I appreciate wow. you guys, and thank you. Wow.
2: That's yeah. going to be well that
4: oh, right. i saw okay.
3: that i'm like good luck Heather. i should have just yeah. gone first yeah, yeah that's
0: There's right. the
4: benefits always going first <laughs> so like, yeah, again we're trying you... to put you on the spot this yeah, time yeah that's
0: right not this time baby
4: um <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay well i'll say that this week i when i was telling maya about this earlier i was um reflecting on something that you and wally had talked about Last week.
2: About, Masavia.
4: Yeah. Masavia and Wally, um, about, Wally
2: Collins?
4: yeah, yeah. Wally Collins. um, about how, about how you show up all the time. And, uh, and this week I, I was thinking a lot about how I need to show up for myself much more and show up as my best self. Mm. much more Um, because my insecurities and my feeling timid and and upset or or working through the stage that I'm in right now is having me not always show up as in the way that I want to present myself Mm. and I'm realizing it and how people are responding to me even in a way you responded to me the other day on something I was like Damn him, and then I was like, "It's your fault, Heather." <laughs> so um, it's yeah. So it's been a really interesting week for me on that, and then with tap dancing and some of the people I've been working with, it's um, it showed itself today greatly uh, when I was in a, a work session with somebody. So it's just a reminder of how I need to um, really just be, you know, confident in. in and what you Who have. I am and where I'm at right now, wherever I'm at, yeah.
0: Well, you top, you top mind, you top mind, yes. No,
4: it was <laughs> right
0: um, Should I call the names out because people okay. shy you away? You always do. Uh, all right. Yes. Uh, Pam, you want to give us a, a, a quick I closing? knew I was
5: coming next. I knew it. You know it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, what can I say? What am I going through? What am I not going through? Um, I think I want to talk about Rhythm how we all dance our own drum beat. We all walk our own drum beat. And sometimes people want you to do things on their level or by their rhythm, but we all have our own rhythm. And as we were speaking tonight about music and comedy and dancing, it's all about rhythm. And me, I love music. I love jazz. I want to learn how to play the saxophone. And I want to use the sax as my act because I love sax, I love it. So this listen to everybody is very informative. I love this format we have here. Because each week y'all never fail to disappoint. You always give me something to feed on for the next time. So I'm loving it. And I thank y'all for this.
0: Oh, and this also, I thank hope you. talk you, about you, one thing
5: only, judgmental judgment. People like to judge what they don't understand or what they don't know. But you'll never know until you take your time and learn. So we shouldn't be judging each other on anything because life is built on judgment and you see how life is today. So you have to learn how to really get to know each person for who they are and what they are and represent. And leave judgment to only one person. If you're religious, you know who that is. And I never knew that Jesus Christ was hiring, you know, so leave <laughs> judgment where you should be.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and now thank I'm you. finished. Thank you, Pam. Uh, Maya?
1: Oh, okay. So. Um, One, I'm really enjoying um, these interviews because even with the last one we did with Marina and um, I didn't really get to know Marina that much. And and, and Ben and I have uh, spent some time together in the clubs but everyone was going their own direction. Um, I'm just really, the fact I didn't know that you're a musician, I didn't know that all these, I I always knew that you were the exercise comedian guy, but like, (laughs) You know, that, that, um, that, the there's, exercise comedian that there's, that there's, um, that there, and I, and, and it's funny cause sometimes we don't realize our own musicality that can be connected to who we are and what we do and in, in our performances. And, and I feel like that to me, I, that uniquely feel, I feel like I, I like a kinship there aside from the, that the Boston. And I'm so glad that you spent some time talking about Vic because he was really just a great, not only just a great comedian, but a great person. And that just, that was just so heartfelt. Um, and I learned just now uh, to not be so hard on myself because maybe things that didn't happen in the past, maybe it wasn't my time. Uh, and so, and also, and and this whole show format, it's interesting, I called Pam today. I was like, I have friends that I really, like I have like friends that I'm like, th- like I can relate to and then I can talk to and then, that- um, you know, that we're going back and forth and having these profound conversations. And I think that this is what this is doing is it's opening up, not just us backbiting each other, but us really discussing art and friendship and memories and, and places of where we're all planning on going. And it's just, it really is making a difference just for me. So that's it. I thank you. And thank you, Ben, for your time because, uh, because uh, really, it was really inspiring and it's great seeing you and hearing from you.
2: Oh, you thank do. you. Mike. Thanks, thanks for having me. Of course. All right, Mikey. One word
3: fudge. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I was trying to, um,
0: I don't know. Well, you're a nasty I don't guy. Know.
3: I, don't even know. I didn't even, Hey, don't read into that. I don't even know what I just said it. Was, there was no, there was nothing behind that. No, I just, I look, everybody's been saying very nice, profound, smart, are well, you nasty?
0: You could be nasty. It's all no,
3: right. I'm not. I'm not. Do I look nasty? I look nasty? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you look like a friend. You look
1: like your are a closet. <laughs>
3: nasty. I need a laugh track. Open a door. Uh, my, it says your name underneath for my show intro. No, uh, I think these are great. I mean, I love these conversations we have. I love talking to like-minded people who, you know, look at life from a, from a more thoughtful place, which I think everybody here does. So um, yeah, I'm just really, I'm really appreciative to have met you guys, know you guys, and uh, be a part of this. And and, uh, Ben, it was really great meeting you. I will never look at Cash Cab the same way. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, no i and i would you know when things are back i would love to come see you if you're ever in la man that's for sure
2: oh thanks man i will be for sure Cool, cool. Right. thank oh, you
0: nope. mikey well felicia
6: yeah i've been really enjoying this is a high point for my week too um i think what i'm learning about this week is living with the stop you know like stopping tour like you mentioned ben or just living with the stop and what I've been doing with that is the stop happens. I don't have any control to stop. So then I go into content. So I start working with content. Um, but sometimes that's just a form of, of escapism. And so after I acknowledge the stop that I can't do anything about and run to content because that's a place to love and to be, then I go right to me and I say, maybe I'm the stop. So I start kind of self assessing and that and that process, I think what I noticed this week is, hey, that process just validated just that reflection gave the art that much more room to move forward. And then the stop opens up. And by the time I finish running around controlling things and then going to try to make more creativity happen or or just going, oh, it's me. I'm the stop. Even if I don't know it, I'm the stop. And then I'll probably live and die doing that. And maybe it'll be big and maybe it'll maybe it won't be. But I know that that validates the art irregardless of whether it pops off and lands where I hope to land or whatever, you know.
0: Thank yeah. you Felicia. Right. Uh and Ben, um I uh wanted you to close this out, you know. <laughs> play a song, <laughs> I don't know, I but it
2: gotta uh, so be really it. profound. I had all this Super time to think about it.
0: Yeah, you're a closer, man. I mean, you're the big dog.
2: Inspirational is uh inspiration is definitely something that i've been struggling with lately uh i've been i've been feeling pretty fed up with with people and and just the like i can't can't believe that some things are still the way they are right now and and uh and that that people are allowing their decisions to be made by just the totally wrong motivations and it just seems like it feels like things are going in the wrong direction uh, and that's I just it's been very upsetting to me and it, so I don't know hmm. inspiration during a time when when so much is going wrong and there's so much going on and we're we're like stuck in our in our homes and I don't know uh,
0: that's real you, you that's kind real. of have
2: to draw on on pure hope you know like what do i want what, what would what would make me feel okay with how things are and it, i think i think one thing that we could all focus on in a time like this is is living in the moment which you know when you're stuck in your house and all your plans that you had all you know tour or whatever it is that you were going to go out and do has been pushed back and aside can you, can you be a, like present in the moment that you're in instead of, you know, I can't wait till, you know, once I get to here, I think we all, a lot of us spend a lot of our time going, once I get to here, everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> as soon yeah. as I get to this point, then I'm good after that. It, and you know, on a day-to-day basis, you know, by mm-hmm. Sunday, the hard part will be done and I can enjoy myself. And then on a bigger, wider spectrum, you know, after I get to this point in, in my success plan or my career, then I'll be okay so it's like but no you can't live you can't spend your time in a place that doesn't exist yet you you have to mm. be right here where you are in this moment and, mm-hmm. and that's the only way I can ever find any kind of peace yeah mm. so mm. I've been able to do that sitting here talking with you guys uh and it, it feels good it feels really nice to as you a couple of you guys were saying share some some real thoughts and genuine opinions about this stuff uh with some like-minded people so
0: well we appreciate Just, you man thank yeah. you man, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. man. Thank,
2: thank you for so your much. time man thank you guys this was great this was great for me no, it's,
0: it uh, thank was you fun. buddy
1: it was it was a, um when but the day that like i i decided i was like i want to do something and i kept saying you know we're supposed to be broadcasting we're supposed to be, keep saying to heather we should be doing characters or do something and then the george floyd thing happened and and ella started to um, erupt, and we went over and got a salad, and this woman, black woman, was in the um, the, the place. She was, She worked over at the studios around the corner, and she was just talking about, you know, the fear for her children, and the fear for her life, and fear for, and, and she had such, so much to say, and I, that's how it started, because I said, I'd love for you, would you like to do a podcast? Because I'm like, here I am, I should be doing podcast, I should be doing something, and um, she said, yeah, and then she kind of shied off, but when I started thinking of like, who who could we have on the podcast that would make it feel like a real podcast that somebody that was was like not used to just being on on like a broadcast that's just has a you know and more of a normal job um that's not a comedian feel comfortable and then i was like oh let me call masabi and then oh heather let's Let's see if we could get uh, Tony Woods. Oh, let's see. And then I was like, oh, Mike is always, and Mike's always so comforting. And then, you know, Pam's always been my best friend. And then, and, and then Masabi's like, let's bring Felicia. So it's funny because I didn't realize that it was going to feel this good. And so, but yeah. what I'm learning is even my fellow comedians like you that I haven't had much time to just stop and be a person as opposed to two comedians running different directions, you know, but... Yeah. I think that's yeah. the, that is the key to everything, which is being okay in the moment and learning to live in the moment. And I think all great philosophy um, of all different spiritual backgrounds are about how to live in the moment and how mm-hmm. to um, be there and be present with yourself and be self-aware and where do you want to be? Like I, this was like at the time saying like, well, who do I want to be? Like, Am I being the person I've always wanted to be? Am I being that mm-hmm. kind of kind person or putting my time aside for other people mm-hmm. or or take focused on the dream that I was scared to focus on or the script I was scared to focus on or mm. calling and checking up on family members? So I'm like, this is what and it's really this just this thing right here is making me feel that good as well. And so just thank you all for your time and mm. and um and I didn't realize what it was gonna do. So
0: Thank you. Um,
1: so thank you, Ben. Thank you, Pam, yeah, I'm and not Felicia, and everybody. And I'm sending thanks you a hug. I'm sending great you hugs. Meet. You're not alone in this, Ben. We're all gonna start watching you. But the fact <laughs> is is <laughs> just know, <laughs> just know that we're we're sending we're sending you like hugs and, and Already it's got a you good, right good time here, to catch oh, yeah. up, you know?
2: That's all right. Right. there we go. <laughs> hey, all right. All right. keep all on opening. Right.
1: Uh, great right. to
2: see you guys and meet you guys.
1: absolutely. Give your girlfriend a hug and thank you for taking care of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good night you guys Bye, thanks guys. guys
5: Good night.